Welcome to her fullest potential. The community of women looking to minimize stress, maximize success, and live a more joyful life. It is time to rise together and start building the world we dream to live in. It starts with you and it starts here. Hello, everybody, and welcome on to today's episode. I am so excited to introduce my guest today. She is the founder and CEO of Thrive Performing Coaching and the Hire and Thrive Method, where she partners with high-performance business leaders who are tired of living the daily grind and desire to break free from the toxic cycles to create a legacy they desire to lead. The Hire and Thrive program teaches leaders how to stand out in a crowded hiring market and grow as empathetic leaders that attract and retain great talent. So our guest today is Laura Workman. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you, Chelsea. I'm happy to be here. I'd love to start the episode with just hearing about your personal journey into leadership. Absolutely. I think um, so starting out, I feel like my personal journey into leadership started the moment I came into the world, Chelsea. <laughs> I am the um, I am the daughter of five children. So I grew up with siblings all younger than me all throughout, you know, adolescent years, young adult years have always naturally stepped into that leadership role love inspiring people, you know, have always been passionate about helping people be the best version of themselves. And I actually started my first company when I was in my early 20s at 21 years old. So leadership has has been a part of my life for many years. What was that company you started near 21? So I started a health and fitness organization. And um, so when I was in high school, you know, trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my career, what I wanted to be when I grew up, I knew that I wanted to go into business. I knew entrepreneurship uh, was definitely something that I always had an interest with. I come from a background. Entrepreneurship is across my family on both sides. So grew up the child of small business owners. And um, so when I was getting ready to get ready for college, I had started working as a at a staffing agency. And I worked there part-time. I chose to do that. Then the typical, you know, working at Chick-fil-A as a, um, as a high school student. And I did that because I wanted to start to learn about business. And I wanted to start learning about different careers. I wanted to start learning about people. And I first, you know, intended to go to school for psychology. And I quickly learned, we know that leadership has everything to do with psychology and just human behavior and all of that good jazz. But quickly, I realized that being a leader is, you know, it's it's helping to bring out the best version in someone. And I started, I had my own personal journey where my health, um, you know, physical well-being was very important to me. I became a mom at a young age. So I was running a lot of, lot wearing a lot of different hats, going to college, um, raising my child. And I really started to take note on how taking care of myself was important for me to achieve optimal performance. So I stepped into the health and wellness industry and just absolutely fell in love. Started working with an organization and three months later, I actually purchased the business. 
So I focused on helping people be the healthiest version of themselves. And I maintained that business for about um, two to almost three years until I had my daughter. Does that background in health and wellness apply to the work you do today? I, Chelsea, I feel like everything applies. <laughs> 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 yeah. today. I could go back to, uh, yes, becoming a mom <laughs> and, and every single aspect of it. Health and wellness, you know, taking care, we know leadership, it, it's, you know, you talk a lot about burnout, you talk a lot about, uh, we know, we know where the state of the world is, and what do we have right now that's the most valuable to us, and that is our well-being, and that's our health, whether it's our physical health, whether it's our mental health, so absolutely, if we're, we're talking about really achieving optimal performance in our role as a leader, it's going to start with how are we taking care of our mind, body, and soul? I often find that, or at least in my approach, that almost that's one of the first places to start because, you know, I, I like to say that stress is just a force that creates change. And positive stress is something that helps us change in a way that builds our sense of self. And negative stress is something that depletes our sense of self. So I find that until we reduce negative stress, adding positive stress. It's just more stress. <laughs> we, have, we just can't keep piling, up, piling it on. Um, so that tends to be my approach. But when you start to work with somebody and their leadership, what's one of the first starting points that you work on with them to begin that journey? Yeah, absolutely. So kind of going back to this, you know, my leadership journey started very young. Next, you know, starting the journey of the reason I started my business. Let's talk a little bit about that. And I think that will help guide us into this. So when COVID hit, you know, pre-COVID, I guess I can say, I was, you know, I worked in the, as a um, director in the service um, industry as a um, with a service-based organization, and stress was the name of the game. And you know, you're you're operating businesses that are open seven days a week. You, you know, there are multiple businesses that I was responsible. We're scaling year over year over year. So watching the habits that I formed, watching the habits that other business owners formed, I was very in tune to see, you know, by creating these, these negative habits, not taking care of ourselves, continuing to run at such a heightened state of stress, how it affects the culture, how it affects the business. And honestly, we're just not being great examples for our people. So when COVID hit, I think just like all of us, you know, we had a moment that our worlds were rocked. And during that time, a little bit before, I was really starting to sit back for a moment and just starting to get that nagging feeling that, you know, I've got to figure out where is the next step in my journey to make an impact in the world. And in my career, it was scaling to, you know, overseeing even more businesses. And and I just, I was getting to the point where for me as a leader, I was not able to be as in tune with the people. And the larger we got, the more behind the scenes that I got. And, and it was really tough for me. And I was also too watching the stress of, you know, my business owner, watching the stress of myself, my role. And it just, it wasn't feeling in alignment. So fast forward, we get hit with COVID and we're all forced to slow down for a moment slowing down gave me the opportunity to really go inward for a second and really understand and, and just stop and do an assessment of my life 
And honestly, just tuning into my faith to say, what is, what is my purpose? Why am I here? You know, I joked about dating myself. I'm 40 now. So I'm going on 40 at that time. And I'm like, what is the next stage of my life? And looking around and seeing all of the brokenness, seeing all of the, you know, struggles that business owners were going with, going through, and especially in my industry, one of the, you know, one of the things I think we really kind of evaluated is I chose to go into the service industry. I chose to stay in health, wellness, and beauty because I absolutely love it. I am extremely passionate about it. I thrive in that area. But by choosing to go to take my career in that direction, I was sacrificing my personal life and I was watching others sacrifice my personal life. And it got to a point where I was just like, no, that, that we shouldn't have to choose something that we love and be able to give up something that's you know so important to us. So taking that moment to reflect, giving myself the opportunity to say, you know, pray about it step into my faith and say, okay, how do I use my, you know, my talents for the greater good of others? I made the decision at that point and felt called to make the decision that I wanted to be there to partner with multiple business owners. I wanted to help them how to teach them how to break out of these cycles, teach them how to redefine what success looks like for them, them and their people and their culture. And at that point, I was, it's awful. I was the person with the great resignation, the director that walked in and said, I appreciate this, but it's now time for me to go on to my own journey. So for that, you know, going back to everything, health, all of that, it's, it's being able to look at the stress, look at the assessment of your life, look at the assessment of your business and be able to and be able to step back for a moment and figure out what is the root cause of it. And in my area, and especially in leadership and service-based organizations, it's typically it's going to start with the, the leader, right? It's going to start with the business owner. And it's how they are stepping into that leadership role to be able to lead the people. And what ends up happening is, is that if we are not effectively communicating, we are not effectively setting up our operations, we're not focused on reducing stress, and we're not focused on hiring the right people and focused on finding their talents, then our business becomes very stressful and then the people become very stressed. So I kind of go into it. I was like, you got my whole, I answered your other question, Chelsea, and this one <laughs> one. So stress goes everywhere. It does. It, it literally ripples out into every part of our life. <laughs> and so I know that kind of a key phrase in the language you use, including your bio, is that you're really passionate about inspiring empathetic leadership. Can you talk more about that? And Absolutely. I would imagine that stress and health and well-being plays a role in that. But can you talk more about what empathetic leadership is and why that's important? Yeah, and this, you know, it's awesome because it piggyback right off of what we were just talking about is with COVID, you know, I think many of us just skated by. A lot of people skated by as a leader. Um, they were able to, you know, have successful businesses, they were able to have teams, but their approach, their communication, how they were, you know, working with developing their people, well, people tolerated it, right? 
And now what we're looking at, we're seeing the entire landscape has changed and people are not settling working in high stress, toxic environments, environments that burn them out, you know, that affects their mental health and their well-being. An empathetic leader, when we're looking at developing, and, and it takes time, especially with some, when we're looking at the leaders who, number one, were able to, I think, really get through the pandemic and continue to get through the pandemic, keeping their team intact, you know, doing the best that they can, being able to adapt, those were the empathetic leaders. And the ones that weren't were these, you know, the leaders that I work with now that say, I need to learn how to be an empathetic leader. How do I do this? So it's stepping in. The definition for me is really it's that leader who has a general interest in the well-being, in the development, in the human being that they employ, not just looking at this as these are our employees to grow a business. They are you know, they're the leaders that I'm going to bring you on my team, Chelsea, and I want to learn about who you are. What are your strengths? What are your communication style? What is your life outside of here? What are some challenges that you may face, um, maybe personally, that would affect your, you know, your performance here in the workplace? And how can I be there to support you? How can I create this environment for you that was favorable, that it's, um, you know, that you are set up for success, that we can reduce stress. And I think another huge piece of it that I kind of touched on originally is that communication. I'm able as an empathetic leader, I'm able to explain the why. I'm able to communicate with transparency. And I think that gets confused a little bit. <laughs> transparency doesn't mean we just say everything we feel, but I can communicate with that transparency to build trust. I can influence my team and I'm influencing them because they want to be the best version of themselves. And I'm able to create this environment to where then I can build empathetic leaders within the workplace. And that is truly how you transform culture. I think this is so important, not just in its existence, but especially now, you know, I think that you set it up really well and how COVID and the great resignation and this cultural shift of what we're willing and not willing to tolerate anymore has really set this up for success and how it's even more important now than ever. And I'm hearing also a point of resistance that I'm sure would pop up in someone's mind listening of, well, that sounds great, but I don't have time for that. <laughs> because building relationships is uh, a it requires some sort of commitment, time, of energy, of um, resources. So how do you help business owners and leaders and teams make that a priority within an already busy schedule? It's a tough one. I would be lying to you if I said it was easy. <laughs> And that's part of my leadership journey is being able to adapt, being able to evolve um, with coaching processes, different methodologies that we're using. One thing, you know, I think it's when you, when we have a leader that steps into our programs and, you know, they're like, I need emotional intelligence. And I'm like, what, what is it that you need? Like, what are we talking about here? So the first thing is we have to, we have to have a mutual agreement. We've got to have a current, you know, it's funny. We talk about business. It's a current state analysis, right? 
And each individual that we start working with, we have to meet them where they are. There is no cookie cutter procedure to this, at least that I found, no cookie cutter procedure. We can follow a method and we can adapt and we can personalize it to that individual. But when we're talking about, you know, the current state of where we are, we, for us, we use personality assessments. That's step one. And we use that as an opportunity to say, we're not defined by this personality assessment, but this is going to teach us our natural human behavior. You know, what's, what are some triggers for us? Where are some strengths? What are we noticing as some limitations? And just by starting right there with taking a, you know, a snapshot to say, and I feel like everybody loves personality tests, a snapshot to say, okay, this is who, this is who, you know, the assessment is telling us you are, but I want you to tell me more about your journey. I want you to tell me, you know, let's give me a couple uh, situations recently. Walk me through the scenario. How did you handle that? What, um, what did your body language look like? Like, how would you rate that? What do you feel your tone, you know, was, how was your tone coming across to that individual? And then finally, what was the outcome and where is the, you know, where is the basis of that relationship at right now? So being able to apply real life activities that they have recently experienced or encountered, bringing that back to, okay, this is what, you know, this is what our assessment is telling us. And then what are you, you know, what are you seeing here? We're able to then build a story and we're able to build, you know, a character in some sense and be allowing them the opportunity to kind of step back for a moment and look at it from the views of if, if I was my own leader, how would I view me? You know, would I want to come to work every day? Would I feel empowered? Would I feel burnt out? Would I be able to reach my optimal performance? And right there is when we can typically uh, crack them, I guess I can say that they're, you know, they are then we have their buy-in. They're ready to now transform. They're ready to apply it. From there, we want to take a look and we look at the current state of their business, current state of their operations. So now it's okay. We've got an idea who is this leader. Now let's go see what you've created. And now they've got a different view of it. So let's take a look at how your business is set up. Let's take a look at how you are, you know, what is your vision and your values? Is that in alignment with how you're operating, you know, with your current operating system today? What does your, you know, what is your assessment from your team? And we'll typically do team assessments there. Where is the stress coming from? What, um, let's do an evaluation of your calendar for the last month. What is it filled? You know, is it filled with work that is moving your business and moving you in the, in the correct um, direction that we want to go? And right there, then we're able to honestly develop our roadmap, our roadmap of where where we need to start fixing. So that has been huge in the transformation. Where I have been challenged in the past was we. <laughs> We know this with humans. We can never tell them what they need to do, right? So starting out, it was like, okay, here is where you're at. And these are the steps that we need to take. So really being able to get their buy-in, getting them, you know, helping them to paint that picture, helping them to write their action plan, helping them to 
really paint this picture of what this ideal company um, looks like and how they want to grow their legacy, then they're ready to get in there and start doing the work, which is absolutely beautiful to watch. In listening to you elaborate on the process, it sounds like it's really detail-oriented and so thorough and really personalized. And so I'm wondering, how do you take that really personalized, thorough experience and guidance and mentorship and apply it to your Hive and Thrive method, which is more of a group experience? That is such a great question. So for the Hire and Thrive method, you know, this is this has evolved. It is our, our newest baby. It's been very successful. One of the challenges that we continue to face with our clients in the current economic state of affairs, the staffing crisis that's going on is we would, we would be going strong to do all of this work, right? We'd be doing this transformational work. We would be helping them to build, um, build this high performance, empathetic uh, team of all leaders, but we would continue to get behind because they would lose somebody, you know, lose somebody as far as somebody would leave the company. People weren't applying. They weren't having, you know, a great success with their interviews. So after trial and error over and over and over, I stopped one day and said, hold on, this is, I, now we've moved it back. We moved it back. We know that post-COVID, we need to redefine leadership. We need to help leaders step into their role. We need to help build empathetic leaders. Okay, that was step one. Step two is, but we keep getting stuck because of the great resignation, because people are leaving. So what, what's happening right here? And then that's when we said, we need to take it actually back. We need to take it a step further back. And we need to now focus on this as the root cause, because unless we teach them how to hire the right people for the right seats, how to build this, you know, set them up for success to where they're coming into an empathetic workplace where they can thrive. Well, they're never going to reach these goals because they might be hiring team members that are not the right fit for their organization, or they might be turning people off because they're trying to follow the same cookie cutter methods pre-2022. So with the Hire and Thrive program, what we did is we took that initial first stage of leadership assessments and we said, okay, now we know who you are as a leader. We need to teach you how to stand out. And we all know this, you can go on any job board, especially again, it's, I focus on the service industry. Everybody is hiring. Everybody's trying to grab that talent from each other. And it took basically marketing strategies that I've learned. And I've got a great background in sales leadership. And I said, huh, let's develop a talent acquisition strategy that we can apply timeless marketing strategies some sales leadership in there. And let's teach these leaders how to stand out in their business, get a little uncomfortable, but stand out so that they could break that static. And they would be um, showing up as the employer of choice. So what we teach our leaders to do, and I can't wait to tell you about the success, Chelsea, because it's so awesome. What we teach our leaders to do is they are to come up with a their 30-second pitch, right? We all know that if you're in sales, 30-second pitch, your elevator pitch. So they come up with a 30-second pitch to showcase who they are as a leader. 
Okay. So, you know, my name is Laura and this is why I'm in leadership. This is why I'm so passionate about my company and building teams. And I started that because I noticed with me scaling my own business, I have this, which I'm so blessed and so grateful for. I have this little waiting list of people that are waiting for me to open the next opportunity in my company. And I was like, why? You know, they're always, they're excited. And I realized it's because I'm constantly sharing my passion for what I do. I'm constantly sharing my passion for being a leader and building this company. So I taught them, okay, this is how I, I show up as a leader how, and practice with them how to show up. So they all have their pitches on how, you know, how that they show up that feels good to them. Then what we've done is we take marketing strategies. We all know this. Social media is a very effective tool. We use LinkedIn a lot and we taught them how to showcase their business. So many businesses focus on, you know, they do marketing because they need to get more and more people in their door. Well, we can probably all think about this for a moment. Do we see marketing where people are showcasing their culture, that they're showcasing how they're taking care of, you know, who knows, the, the parent that's working because their child was in virtual school and they set up, you know, something to help them be most successful, team appreciation. And probably now that I'm seeing that, we got all of our wheels turning. We're like, wait a minute, I don't really see that very much. So teaching them how to show up and share their culture. And by doing so, we were able to build their confidence as well to be proud of what they were building in their business. Then from there, it's taking um, interview practices. You know, everyone, they at least in our program, they knew how to interview. So it's taking their interview, um, their interview practices and personalizing it for their business. How do you bring somebody in your organization? How do you teach them what your values are? How do you show them? You know, we can say all the right things as an employer, but are they actually meeting our team? Are they meeting our clients coming in? Are they seeing the passion um, from us, our, our body language, our tone and our team? And so for then, they were able to now wow candidates from the moment they made a first impression, the moment they brought them into their business, well, what do you think those candidates are doing? Now they've got their eyes on this business and the ones that are a great culture of fit, the ones that are those top performers, they want to be a part of a team that is standing out in the market. And from there, they're able to retain, they're able to bring on some top talent. And this talent has been through the interview process. So guess what they're going to do, especially if they bring on a leader in their company, that leader was able to go through the hire and thrive method. That's the only thing they know about that company. They only know that they felt wonderful the moment they met that person. They know that they felt in alignment with the values. They know that they felt that, you know, it was safe to go work there. It was exciting to go work there. Now that leader is going to be the one that is going to start developing their team and they're going to be running with it. What's been really successful with us as well, too, is that when we talk about creating, you know, empathetic workplaces and we talk about growing as an empathetic leader, we, we need humans to grow with. We need community. We need confidence that is built up because we're working with peers. We need to be able to talk about difficult situations. 
We need to talk about times where we don't feel as confident as leader and we're broken down. Well, by bringing them into an incubator together, into a group coaching program, we are able to create a community for them, which is essentially a little workplace that they can feel safe, that they can feel calm, they can grow their confidence and they can share with other leaders that are facing the same challenges so that we could pour back into their cup so that they could go out and pour back into their team. So when I talk about the results, bringing in the program, bringing them in together into a group incubator, I our compliments that we get, the relationships that we see built, the confidence that grows is just absolutely fantastic to watch. And one thing that I love about group processes in general is that, as you mentioned, you get to benefit from the strength of community and the support and the confidence and the inspiration and the relationships that develop as a result. I like to say that we didn't evolve as humans because we're spectacular individuals. We evolved because we're spectacular in community. So I think that's a really great component to incorporate to what it is you're doing. And one other thing you mentioned that really called out to me is how by the time they get through that process in the, in the hiring process, that the person remembers how they felt in relationship to that company. They felt an alignment. They felt safe. They felt clear. And it just brings me back to that quote. I don't remember exactly what it is or even who said it, but you know, people don't remember what you did or what you said, but how you made them feel. And so I think there's just so much intelligence in the feeling of an experience. And I just love that you're teaching people on both sides of the spectrum, how to tap into the intelligence of, of their own feelings and how as a business and as a company and as leaders, we can communicate, you know, these are the feelings that we're trying to promote. These are the experiences that we're trying to create to have this kind of feeling in our work culture. And I think that's something that's really missing in today's society. You know, we go back to talking about business coaching and a typical business coach that, you know, a CEO, a business owner is going to hire is somebody that's going to help them to scale their business. And yes, of course, that's exactly what we're doing. But where we're missing the mark, just like you said, is that in order to scale a service-based organization, you need to have the people. And that's where it's, it's redefining. I keep saying the word redefine. I understand that. But it's just getting out of our own ways, our own mentality, everything that we have been accustomed to in business that it's okay, look at the bottom line. Let's go through the financials. Where can we, you know, where can we cut here? Where can we add here? And we miss the mark so many times to stop and be in tune with the energy of the business, the feeling like you had just mentioned, the emotional state of the people within the business. And where I can see that once business owners move, you know, kind of go to the other side of the spectrum and they realize how much just even energy in itself can affect those KPIs, those key performance indicators, they stop and say, well, hold on a second. Do I really need to focus on the numbers, you know, so granular? How do I actually simplify this? Because if I can... If I can, you know, foster this, this culture 
and I can influence human behavior, well, those move all the numbers. Did I really need all of those reports? Did I really need to be doing all of that? So absolutely. So as we're talking about you know, the feeling of an experience that may or may not be emotional, as we say feeling, but one thing I see you talk a lot about, the thing I believe in is your, the quality of life you have outside of your work. And as high performers, as leaders, as business owners, as people that run a company or responsible for other people, it can be so easy to push the, our quality of life down the list on what we prioritize. And usually the reasons are, I don't have time. I don't have energy. Um, it's not as important, yada, yada, yada. So how do you help people find that balance between their work and their personal life? And then how do you help people really optimize the quality of their life outside of their work environment? That's a great question, Chelsea. And I, I feel like <laughs> as the high achiever, the perfectionist, I... I tell them first and foremost, you know, we go back to transparency. I will continue to be a work in progress with them. And I, you know, it's, it's not a one day fix. This is going to be a transformational experience. It's all going to start with mindset. So for us, there's in business coaching, because again, we're very accustomed, especially high achiever, you know, in sales leadership, we are, we're programmed, we're very programmed and we're programmed for, we've been programmed for many years. So for us, it's taking certain, you know, certain aspects of the business, certain vocabulary words, honestly, and, and switching it up. So for instance, we talk about, you know, tasks that you have to do. That's very common, right? This is on my task list. This is on my task worksheet. I'm time blocking on things of that nature. We do a lot of focus around habits um, because the habits continuing to focus on those day over day over day create systems. Create systems are going to help you to change those behaviors. So for us, we, you know, if we bring in, for instance, a manager or a new business owner, we start with the daily habits. We do an assessment of where is your day spent, okay? Where is it spent in the, you know, for yourself personally, hopefully in the beginning of the day? Where are your habits and what are you spending your time on professionally? And then where are you spending your time again personally at the end of your day? So by doing this assessment, we can start to rate and see that, you know, we're not leaving much time for ourselves. Or we say that we are, or we try, but our phone goes off in the morning or we check our email, somebody calls us and we get redirected. So for us, when we're doing that assessment and we start changing, you know, the mindset to say, okay, it's not that we, you know, it's, um, it's not that we're filling up our calendar and we're time blocking. It's what are the positive habits that's going to get us to our goal. And typically for a business owner and, and our business owners that we work with, they're scaling from multiple six, six figures well into seven figures. Typically where a lot of their stress is coming from is because their, their business is not set up properly. Their operations are not set up properly. And that spills over into their personal life. 
So if we're able to focus on mindset, doing this assessment, parallel to focus on teaching them how to systemize and optimize their company, it then they start to see the light. They start to see how important their standard operating procedures, having those in place, how important it is to having, you know, all of their intellectual property just outlined for their team so that they knew exactly what to do. And then they're working on these habits on the side. And then all of a sudden they start to see the phone calls, are, are dying down. The emails are dying down. We've optimized how we communicate. We've set boundaries on how we communicate. We are creating independence with our team and our company. So we're not codependent. And by then, at that point, we're able to start alleviating pressure. And I, I think you and I both know this, Chelsea, that especially if you're running in a a heightened state of stress for a prolonged period of time, it takes time to work through that burnout. So by then starting to have that pressure released, we're starting to see white space on our calendars. We're now then moving into another phase of how do we, you know, how do we take these habits that, that we're forming? And then how do we take the optimization of our business Now, how do we build that into an ideal CEO schedule? And from there, it's teaching them, you know, draw draw a line right down that piece of paper on the left side. This is going to help us to grow our business on the right side. This is something we should not be doing. And then when we're focused on growing our business, we're focusing on building our legacy okay, now that goes onto our calendar. And if it's not on our calendar, then that's not something that we should be working on because we're working, you know, whatever it is, nine to five, and we can now learn to effectively time block. Now, I'd love to tell you, Chelsea, that that is the perfect fix. There is a lot of flexing. There is a lot of adjusting. There's a lot of, you know, continuing to evolve. But it's those small habits day over day over day that add up to huge results. And that's where the whole transformational experience comes into play. And for our clients that we work with, our journey is 12 months long. And I can tell you, we need 12 months long to work through all of the phases. So it's been very effective. Yeah. In listening to you speak, it's... I think you're speaking really well to the reality that our well-being, our quality of life, our mental health, our soft skills directly impacts our schedule, our business structures, our operations, our employee satisfaction and performance, that these hard skills and soft skills are not separate, that they're actually deeply intertwined and seems like we've been functioning so long of just all the hard skills, hard skills, hard skills, hard skills. And that by integrating these soft skills with intention and bringing them both into union with a, with an intention that all of those, those things that we work really hard to manage, like the overload of emails and the overload of phone calls and the people quitting and the constant chasing, sprinting just to keep up, that that naturally quiets down and that people actually find this rhythm that becomes sustainable. And with rhythm, they can start to expand their vision beyond just survival mode. And it can actually, in alignment with your business language, thrive. (laughs) 
<clears throat> so I love that you really help people bring both of those sides together because they're obviously so important. So one of my favorite questions that I like to ask people in leadership is to ask, who do you look up to as a leader in your life? Many, definitely many people. And, um, you know, it, it's a question I think we all ask who, you know, who is your inspiration? I can honestly tell you, I love Simon Sinek. <laughs> I, have, I have loved him for years. And, you know, that is, I, I think it goes back to, you know, kind of talking about my leadership journey. And when I was introduced to the why, when I was introduced to, you know, we lead from within, we lead others from within and really being able to harness how effective aligning your passion with what you're doing professionally and focusing on putting people first and explaining from the why I grew, I, I grew so, you know, I grew quickly in my career. I grew in the regard that my team grew, right? Cause as leaders, we grow as strong as our team does. I watched businesses grow. I watched people on my team level up. I watched confidence grow. I watched sales increase, not because of just, you know, we're going to hit this number. Or we're going to get on a performance improvement plan. It increased because we were able to learn. I was able to teach. I was able to communicate the why behind the sale, what we're doing. And again, I, I was a part of a service-based organization where you're not selling a product to a consumer. We are selling an enhancement to their life. We are selling a bottle of confidence that's going to help them feel unapologetically confident in their own skin. And I, to this day, every leader, every manager that's in our program, <laughs> everybody knows Simon Sinek is my guy. And we do, you know, I, I continue to talk about the why it's been it, it's been instrumental in my, myself as a mother. I told you I became a, a mother at a young age, always being able to, you know, direct my children as well, leading them through the why. So it has been, um, it's been very influential in every aspect of my life, which has yielded great success in, in not just, you know, professionally, but many different ways, capacities. I often like to say that a good leader is in service to something bigger than themselves. And it sounds like that's a huge motivator in your work and a big inspiration as well is know your why. <laughs> and if you don't know your why, then it might be time to pause or find someone like Laura Workman who can help you uh, through that process. So if somebody does feel that, where can they find you, Laura? Thank you. Absolutely. You can check out my website, which is lauraworkman.com. And, and of course, I'm on social media platforms. You can find me on Instagram. And, uh, and I would love to absolutely love to chat with you guys. Well, Laura, thank you so much for being here today. I really admire not only your passion and your spirit, but your approach to what you do and how, how many people you're helping. Because as you know, when you and as you mentioned earlier, that it all really starts with the leader. And so as you're helping these leaders step into their power and in, in, in their own empathy, 
that that's really rippling out and impacting so many people's lives and the culture of business, which is where most people spend their time. <laughs> so thank you so much for not only everything you do, but for also being on the show today. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Chelsea. I appreciate you. Wasn't that amazing? For more incredible offerings, be sure to subscribe and rate the podcast and find us on social media to join the community of women who are obsessed with reaching their fullest potential. As always, may you walk with grace and courage, and we'll see you next time.